0: Coming up on today's episode, you know, the retirement planning world is filled with plenty of advice and suggestions, but there are some critical questions that are lurking in the shadows, the unasked, the overlooked. These are the questions that can help define the comfort and security of your retirement future. So on this episode, we're going to unearth and tackle some of these hidden but essential questions about retirement with Eric Judy. It's coming up here on another day in Retirement Paradise. (laughs)
1: Welcome to another day in Retirement Paradise, your guide to achieving financial independence and navigating the journey to a blissful retirement. Your host is Eric Judy, RICP, a seasoned financial professional with more than 2 decades of experience and the driving force behind Judy Financial Group. Whether you're on the cusp of retirement or just beginning to consider your financial future, Eric Judy will provide the tools and knowledge you need to confidently plan for a comfortable and fulfilling retirement.
0: Welcome in glad to have you on the show today I'm Ben George with Eric Judy's a retirement income certified professional and the founder of the Judy Financial Group Eric what's going on today
2: oh just another beautiful fall day you know I, I look out the window and see my my sunset maple starting to turn those beautiful colors of, of red so I know it, it's it's prime cool weather up here I guess up north but uh, uh, you know it, it's just another day in retirement paradise looking oh, out the wow. window.
0: I love it. It's a great time of the year. I know I just started thinking, though, that uh, it's going to be getting dark very soon, which which is what I hate. <laughs> That's the only downside of this is this the shifting of the time. I, I just I hate the five o'clock being dark and going yeah. home and like getting off work and it's already dark.
2: I, I agree completely. I, I remember going to spend some... I guess winters with my grandparents my, so my my father my grandfather was a farmer so he always rose and settled with the sun. so uh days got much shorter at the farm when when, when we spent time down there as a grandkid uh spending time with grandpa so it, not quite as enjoyable not as much game time didn't enjoy it so I can appreciate exactly what you're saying
0: I know. Well, we'll take advantage of the hours while we still have them here, but hopefully everybody's <laughs> having a good fall and uh, getting ready for the holiday season, which will be rapidly approaching here, Eric, and we'll be cycling through that here pretty soon. But we got a good show today talking about the hidden questions in retirement planning. And I think this is going to be a good one here, Eric, because I know these are things that you address with people, right? But these aren't questions that um, always get brought to the forefront immediately when you're having, when, when, People are thinking about retirement and thinking about financial planning, but each of these things we go to today are are really critical when you 're really laying out a plan for the future
2: absolutely it 's interesting when there's some things that uh, as you 're doing a planning session or something you, you ask some of these questions, and I like the aha moments like it was like, "Oh yeah, I probably need to think about that a little bit in advance because sometimes we get to retirement we haven 't thought about any of these questions. And uh, there's a little bit of a sticker shock sometimes, some unfortunate, oh, if I would have known, and mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll be able to address some of those situations for folks before they even cross that line. So.
0: Well, as we get into this, remember, you can always log on. JudyFG.com is the website. You can schedule a meeting online there. Just look for that blue schedule a meeting button, and you can do that uh, both virtually if you prefer that uh, path or in person as well. But the phone number is 217 303 one seven one one. So let's start with this question, uh, Eric, because this is one that I know people uh, don't really think about in the moment as they're saving. Right, you're putting money into your your tax deferred accounts, and you know you're just saving for the future, doing a good job. But how much of those tax deferred savings actually going to cost you in taxes down the road? Yeah,
2: it, this is probably one of the biggest gotchas um, when it comes to retirement planning and retirement because. A lot of people don't think about the fact that a portion of everything that they saved in those qualified plans would be 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, even. A lot of that money, as it grows and accumulates, it belongs to the IRS. You know, we love country, uh, I'm sorry, company matching. You know, we're, we're, we get, you know, we put our way our, our 7%, the company gives us another three or four free money. Always take the free money. I'm a big fan of free money. But if you haven't thought about, what it's going to do on the backside, all that accumulation, that tax deferral, you're not paying taxes throughout the earnings years. That's great, but it gets to the point where you get to retirement and you need to start using those dollars to, to basically supplement your, your retirement. What is, you know, if you haven't thought about what's your lifestyle expenses going to be in, in retirement, you know, how much is it going to cost? Because you have a silent partner, in all of those qualified plans and that silent partner is the IRS. Hmm, hmm. You know, and are they in for 10%? Are they in for 22%, 24% or even 35, 37 today, you know, it, that's the brackets today. You know, and soon these tax brackets are actually going to go a little bit higher so are they in for 40%? And Phew. most people would grimace if you said that somebody was in your pocket for 40% before you even got to spend any money. And that's the realities of those tax deferrals. You get to keep your income brackets lower while you're working, somewhat, with potentially, you know, having a tax time bomb as you get to your required minimum distribution ages, which 72, 75, whichever they're gonna be when you get there. So just realize that you may have accumulated. Yeah, you, know, you did a great job. Hey, great! You've got a million dollars, and all of a sudden you start taking those out, and you realize that million dollars is only worth about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars when you start to re- you know withdraw because of the fact that the IRS is the silent partner there, and they're going to get their cut no matter what. So, that's something you have to consider: how much you're going to need. Are they Roth? Are they traditional IRA? Are they you know what kind of buckets are these as far as the qualifications, and what portion does the IRS get? from an ordinary income side when you get to that that stage where you're needing those. So, so yeah, big, big hidden question there that, you know, what's the IRS in for?
0: Yeah, I'm assuming that anyone that doesn't work with a, a an advisor to actually get the true kind of answer to this and, and plan their, their strategy for how they're going to pull that money out, it's probably pretty tough to guess this accurately, right? And you're pretty much going to get caught off guard no matter what if you haven't thought through it.
2: Yeah, it, it helps. We can always give you some projections as you get closer. Uh, I know I sat down with a client. Well, oh, it's been a couple months ago now, but as we were projecting forward and he was doing a great job of maximizing his contributions into his 401k plan. And I, I asked him about, you know, maybe transitioning some of those dollars into a Roth position. And he said, well, why would I want to do that? And I just showed him what his RMDs were going to be once he got to age seventy-five, and he was like, "I'll be in a higher tax bracket in retirement hmm. because of what they're going to force me to take than what I am today." And it is just because he was doing a great job of savings, and so it was part of the learning curve of saying, "Hey, if we can take some of those dollars and make them tax-free in retirement versus just tax-deferred, it might allow us to manipulate your tax bracket more efficiently." So,
0: and that's probably a pretty common story too, right? You could probably tell it that is, over and over
2: yeah. Yet. Okay. But the biggest challenge is for a lot of folks. They've already done it. They've gotten too close to retirement, and it's tough to to row the boat backwards against the stream, so to speak. Uh, you know, when you get too close to retirement, you have to almost flip and do it the exact reverse. You can't do a portion into the Roth and a portion into the you know kind of the traditional IRA buckets or the traditional four hundred and one k buckets because you've already accumulated the balance. So the mm-hmm. earlier you can start thinking about those things and planning out, the better off you are.
0: All right, talking about some of the the hidden questions in retirement planning. Here's another one. It kind of ties in a little bit to uh the pulling that money out of those tax deferred accounts. But how much can you actually withdraw from your savings each year because we we focus so much again, same kind of thing. we focus so much on accumulating money over the course of our working career. We don't actually think about okay now, how do we take that money and create income for ourselves in retirement?
2: Yeah, there's a mental gymnastic I like to say that happens when you get to retirement. And it's tough for a lot of people to, to do the flip. You have to go from savings to spending. How do you mentally make the transition from taking that money out every month and making it additional savings to now going to point where you're going to start drawing that down potentially to meet your lifestyle needs, to meet your income needs. And for a lot of folks, that mental gymnastic is, is very difficult. And then, you know, how much can you spend? Uh, that's a that's an even bigger question, yeah. You know, it goes back to the question of how long are we going to be here. You know, the magic question that we always say, yeah, it's a lot easier to do all these math problems if you tell ex- tell us exactly how long you're going to be here, and that's the challenge for a lot of of retirement planning is is projecting forward how long we're going to need those dollars and what you're going to use them for, and and there's some gotchas there too. Uh, I, there's one client who want to re- we always talk about it, you want to retire with no debt if possible, and he said, all right, hey, I just want to pay off my house. Sounds like a great plan. Let's get rid of the debt. Yeah. But what we didn't think through at that stage, you know, he was adamant. I want to pay off, pay it off, pay it off. Well, what happens is, all of a sudden, you take a withdrawal of a hundred thousand dollars, approximately, to pay off your house note at that stage. What it does to your Medicare, uh, basically Part B premiums, you know, it, what the IRS likes to do, or. Medicare in this case, you know, they look. there's a two-year look back on income. Well, you pay off that house. They assume that you've earned that $100,000 in income. Mm-hmm. So you're paying a higher rate on Social Security. And then you have two years of Medicare premiums that are enhanced or a higher tier because of what they project to be a higher income threshold in retirement. So how much you can withdraw, how much is safe, and where you're using it are big questions that have to be thought about in the scope of a lot of different moving parts when you get to retirement. So it's not just knowing how much you can do, but how much and how and where and what it's going to do to a lot of these other kind of tax elements or Medicare elements as far as retirement.
0: Yeah, and I was, I think I heard a story recently where um, similarly, there was a couple that bought a, a car, they probably cost sixty or $70,000 in retirement, and they had a lot of money in their Retirement savings, and the person asked them, "Well, how did you pay for?" It? And they said, "Oh, we just pulled some money out of our IRA." Well, come to find out, the following year, when the tax bill came around, they owed like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on that money. So the the cost of that car went up exponentially, and they weren't prepared for that. So to that point,
2: pretty. Crazy. But the IRS was happy. Let's go. Oh, they leaving. loved it for yeah. oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so we're talking through some hidden questions here. Again, if you have any questions or want to follow up because maybe you haven't thought about these things at all and want to sit down with someone that can help you with that, again, Eric is a retirement income certified professional, and you can find him online, judyfg.com. Uh, what about life insurance? I know this question comes up. you know, people might buy the policies while they're working to take care of their family and replace that income, but should I still have that life insurance when I'm retired?
2: Great question, and as a rule of thumb, I will never tell anybody to get rid of life insurance because okay. as soon as you do, you know there there's going to be this trigger point that happens, and you'll you'll really make the heirs upset with you. Um, but there's a reason for having life insurance if you no longer have the things that you bought it for. So a lot of times, people will buy life insurance to cover their income, to replace uh, a mortgage payment, uh, college funding for kids, taking care of a spouse. Which of those things have have changed since you purchased you know, the life insurance? One of the things when we're talking about estate planning, I would still tell you life insurance is one of the most efficient means of getting assets from one generation to the next, and that's because you remove one element there, and that's the IRS. Um, the tax-free element of how life insurance passes from one generation to the next is very powerful. We just had that conversation about IRAs, and, you know, the forced, you are know, forced to take those dollars out, pay the taxes. Well, some people will say, well, I don't need it. I'll just leave them to the next generation. Uh, I would often tell clients, if you're really trying to get them to the next generation, take those distributions, turn them into life insurance. You're able to maximize the benefit of your passing on. And you did a great thing for your, your kids or your heirs. You passed it on tax free. So there's reasons to have life insurance for legacy for burial benefits, you know, and there's an element of supplemental income that you can use. So if you had a, a universal life or a whole life policy, you've accumulated a significant amount of cash value. There's ways that you can convert that, that benefit into tax-free income to supplement your retirement as well. So don't just throw away the the life insurance because there's not necessarily a le or need, I should say, to cover obligations that you might've purchased for, for initially Let's think about what it can be transitioned to if that's possible. You know, uh, yeah, a lot of term policies that just expire. I would tell you most of the time that's not going to be added, but there's some other elements to life insurance that can be very powerful tools for efficiently designing the retirement income or legacy benefits.
0: All right, so a lot to think through with, with life insurance there. So a good question to discuss with your financial professional. Here's another one. We talk about healthcare, right? I think people just kind of assume that What's Medicare begins that really don't worry too much about health care costs, but the truth is that Medicare doesn't cover everything right, so what kind of medical coverage will you need over and above medicare
2: yeah uh, it's surprising because people just understand that Medicare is there they don't perceive necessarily what the additional pieces that really need to be paired with Medicare to make it more efficient um, you've got part a Part B, which basically if you got the two of those pieces. You basically have 80% of coverage on most things for hospitals, doctors, different pieces. The biggest challenge there, it does not cover any medications, drugs. So there's your Part D that has to typically be added. And all of a sudden, we're starting to add pieces to Medicare that people hadn't maybe thought about. Most people are then either considering either a Medicare Advantage or a Medicare Supplement. For a something to cover that amount, that other twenty percent that's not covered by traditional or standard Medicare, and it's when you start to th- say, "Hey, all right, how do I do that?" Do you well? And the question becomes, "Hey, do you want a plan that kind of mirrors what your employer provided to you typically throughout the over the years?" And that's usually more of a Medicare Advantage plan, where you may not have as much necessarily out of pocket each month, but you're going to have some copays and some deductibles. Or do you want to use a supplement where you're kind of, I say it's a better budget tool where you can actually spend a certain amount in premium each month in exchange for not having those co-pays, those deductibles, and sometimes a stronger coverage. So it, it really is a matching strategy, and it also goes back to how much you've saved. And so there's still a statistic out there that I think for most couples that reach age 65, they're going to spend about over the retirement years on healthcare expenses. And that's above and beyond what Medicare is covering. So Hmm. you still have to be prepared for those unexpected medical issues. You know, everything adds up and I know drugs has been a big piece of a lot of different plans. That is kind of the sticker shock, but it can be, you know, hip replacements, knee replacements. You know, if you're getting a deductible, are you maxing that out? How are you covering those expenses every year? So always something that's important to think about and plan for and know where that money is going to come from when, when you need it each year.
0: All right. Very good. Well, let's close out with one more, Eric, and this is maybe not a hidden question because it's something that your advisor or maybe it is in some cases your whoever (laughs) you're working with doesn't really want to uh, disclose those fees and commissions, but how much are you really paying? And this can maybe be a surprise to some people when they find out the truth.
2: Yeah. I like to say there's a difference in the investment side and full disclosure. I'm a holistic, you know, advisor. I have insurance annuities that have commission based products. And then myself, if I manage money for you, I'm a, you know, asset based fees. So it's, you know, when I look in the mirror, I would say my fees start at 75 basis points and people go, what's a basis point? Well, it's just under 1%. We'll start that way. Hmm. But then there's pieces that are added on even for every advisor out there. So if they're, say, they're charging you 1%, is there a platform fee for the custodian you're using? Is there fees for the underlying investment options? So if you pull up your typical mutual funds or ETFs, each of them have a fee component. The people that manage and basically operate each of those funds typically have some sort of fee they're collecting for managing the investment. It may not come directly out of your pocket, but there's still a charge for doing that. So they're they're basically just kind of raking off the top before you see any gains. When you go into a, an advisor and sit down and have a plan, I always say it, it goes back to the value conversation. Are you getting what you pay for? When it comes to fees that you're paying an advisor, typically you have to understand that you're doing that in exchange for some of the other knowledge that's out there. their ability to keep you out of harm's way by avoiding some of the issues we just talked about in the sense of, you know, the IRS being in your pocket for a certain amount or the Medicare premiums being enhanced or moved up into a higher tier. There has to be a value exchange. So what are you getting? What are you paying? How much does it cost? Is it worth it? Ultimately in today's world, you can go direct to most custodians and a lot of them have moved on from, you know, your per fee trade, um, where you're paying 7 dollars, $10, $10 basically for a trade, um, and that's what you're paying them on commission. Now you've got a lot of no fee trades. The question always is, are they losing money on your on your on basically their investments with you? And no, because they're raking still dollars on what you're investing in the overrides, the pieces, just be aware as, as mom always told me, you know, you don't get something for nothing and it's just understanding what you're paying and the value you're getting for each of those pieces. And I think that's, that's really something that's important to understand. You know, how you can see, even when you walk in the bank, you know, have a savings or checking account, what's it costing you to have your money there? So every place you go, every place your money is placed, understand there are fees associated with it.
0: Always important to understand that and be aware of what that it's going to cost you, of course. Uh, You know, it's always about the value you're getting for what you're paying. But if you have any questions, want to follow up on anything we talked about today, these are just some of the hidden questions that are out there. But things that Eric discusses with his clients as they're planning for another day in Retirement Paradise, you can find them online, com. You can schedule a meeting there as well. And I know, Eric, anyone that that hops on and does that, what can they expect for that next step?
2: Yeah. The first step is usually, I call it the discovery conversation. We really want to get a chance to know you and understand what you're looking for. And if that discovery, we always say you get the chance to try before you buy. If we hit it off, we have a good conversation. You want to move down the road. The next step is really to have you fill out at least a preliminary fact finder where we can plug uh, the information that we know about you into some software and do some modeling. Because ultimately, uh, and I know I've used the the phrase here before, but you can't hit a target you can't see. Well, we want to make sure we clearly define the retirement target, where you're wanting to go, how we can get there, and how we can help you achieve that, that true retirement paradise that you're looking to achieve.
0: All right. Very good. Again, you can do that by going to judyfg.com or you can call 217-303-1711. All right. Very good. Always uh, enjoy catching up with you, Eric. Hopefully this has been helpful for for someone listening. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please hit subscribe. Let somebody know about the podcast as well. But Eric, as always, thanks for your time.
2: Oh, thank you, Ben. And as always, wish all of our listeners just another day in retirement paradise.
1: Contact Eric Judy by calling 217-303-1711 or visit JudyFG.com advisory services offered through creative one securities llc and investment advisor judy financial group and creative one securities llc are not affiliated guarantees including optional benefits are backed by the claims paying ability of the issuer and may contain limitations including surrender charges which may affect policy values information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax legal or investment advice Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. We are not affiliated with any government agency.